everyone. Today I'm sitting down with Sonia Miranda, GKG Senior Training and Organizational Development Consultant. Some of you might remember Sonia from our video last year for Women's History Month, and we'll include a link to that in the podcast notes here. Uh, but today we're here to talk to Sonia about a pretty incredible family story. In fact, we are not the first ones to spotlight it. The Washington Post just did a full feature on Sonia's family, and we'll ensure that the link to that article is posted in the podcast notes as well. So, Sonia, it's hard to even know where to start here. I guess to set the scene for listeners who haven't read the Washington Post article, you have a cousin named Frederick, or who you call Fred Miller, who lives in California, and he purchased an estate in your hometown in Virginia as a means to be connected to the family, to have a home where you can host family reunions. It's a mile away from um, his mother you shared. And come to find out this estate is a former plantation. And not only that, but through research and different resources, and you'll get into it in this conversation, you and your family discovered an indisputable link that your ancestors were slaves on this former plantation, which is also referred to as Sharswood. So can you talk a little bit about the events that unfolded after Fred made the purchase of this home? Sure. Um, Thank you all for having me um, talk about my family and sharing the story with the uh, GKG family. The story unraveled. It's something that we've been researching for probably 10 years, actually. Simply, uh, we're from Pennsylvania County, Virginia. It's a very uh, small town. If you have ever heard of Lynchburg or Danville, it's nestled right between those two cities. And uh, my entire family is from there. My grandparents uh, lived there and I grew up with them. And pretty much my interest in my family's uh, genealogy, their history, it just originated from growing up around those grandparents and listening to their stories of my great-grandmother, Sarah. So um, that's really where it all um, started. You know, I sort of got interested in Black history in Africa, and it, it was trying to find that link, actually, back to that. We sort of got into researching the plantation as well as our history, um, who are not so much as the slaves, but just knowing who our great-grandparents were, where they were from, et cetera. And they're all from Pennsylvania County, Virginia. In particular, we now know this particular plantation in Gretna, Virginia. Okay, great. Yeah, that's really helpful. So your cousin actually does not live in Virginia. He's he's out in California. <laughs> so he ended up making this purchase. And then can you describe some of the, you know, research that was discovered? And I think based on something that was actually in that house is how you started making more of these links based on what you had already done. Okay, sure. Um, Frederick is my cousin. He does live in California. He's a retired Air Force uh, guy and Fred purchased it in 2020. And before 2020, um, we had done research. We'd gone to the Pennsylvania County Courthouse. We looked through the real estate records and tracked this house all the way back to Chaz E. Miller, who we now know is the, the land records called him Chaz. 
E. Miller, but we now know him to be Charles Edwin Miller. And when Fred purchased the um, actual house, there was a book inside and his sister Karen shared it with me. And in that book, it basically described the entire history of that house and listed Charles Edwin Miller and Nathaniel Crenshaw Miller as the original owners. And from there, my cousin Karen contacted the Virginia Historic Society. They got involved. They talked about how they are trying so hard to preserve these types of landmarks in Virginia. And they threw all kinds of resources at her. And with that, once it was deemed an historic um, landmark, and it is as we speak, You had the other gentleman that the uh, Washington Post talked about that they are from the University of Maryland. They did all the research on the slave houses. They knew how many slaves were there. And basically, you know, it just unfolded. I mean, we already knew who the slaves were. We just couldn't connect them to Sharswood. And what's happening with research, as we've been researching over the years, you will have Ancestry continue to um, send you something called hints if you are paying for their service. And I've been paying for it for so many years. And what happens as they're updating that database, they're sending you those hints and you have to go in and look at them. I'm telling you, I hadn't looked at them in a while, but when Fred purchased the home, both Karen and I start just really looking at a lot of things and I got a hint and it had never in the entire 10 years told me that The person who enslaved David and Violet, who are my third great grandparents, was N.C. Miller. It had never told me that. And being that we had the book that now said, "Okay, N.C. Miller owned that house. And now we have this record in the National Archives also saying, hey, N.C. Miller owned those slaves. That was a complete connection of the dots that those slaves were actually on that plantation, something my grandfather had said for years that that was the Miller plantation, but we had no proof, you know, that that was actually the plantation um, that my ancestors were brought to. So that's how it all unfolded and why the Washington Post thought it was so like amazing, you know, such an amazing story. A genealogist got involved and she also, you know, found a piece of information that was key. She had, she found proof that my third great grandmother, Violet, actually gave birth to a child on that plantation named Samuel. And that basically solidified the fact that we were actually um, descendants of that particular, those particular slaves, that particular plantation, that particular slave owner. Yeah. And so just to confirm, both your cousins mentioned in the Post article, Dexter and Fred, they currently have the last name Miller, right? And and I think, is that your maiden name as well? <laughs> no, my maiden name is Womack. My mother okay. was a Miller. She was okay. a Miller, but she married a Womack. So got my it, maiden is Womack. Yes. Okay, got it. And I don't know that everyone is aware of the history that enslaved people typically took the last name of the slave owner once they were freed. I mean, can you discuss that a little bit, knowing or hearing from, it sounds like, your grandfather that it was known as the Miller Plantation? So you knew there had to be this link, but you just didn't have enough pieces of the puzzle at the time to to create that link? 
correct. I'm a person, I never want to go out and publicly say anything that I factually can't prove. And although I have two elders in my family who, you know, they they told me that that was the Miller Plantation, those elders helped me actually find my third great grandparents in the National Archives um, census records and in the slave indexes. But again, it wasn't until you had, you know, information again, in the National Archives and also coming from this genealogist that's confirming what you thought, you know, you you may have known, but now you know for, you know, for certain. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, to answer your question, I don't think a lot of African-Americans get that opportunity or they may not be interested in researching that because of it being painful. Because as my cousin Dexter and my cousin Marion Keyes mentioned in the post, that's just wasn't something that was talked about. It wasn't a beautiful topic. And a lot of African-Americans stay away from that topic. Yeah. And I mean, the research that's associated with all of this, it could be, at least in my opinion, a PhD thesis. It's, I think, very impressive and comprehensive. And there are researchers from all different universities involved. But at the same time, this is also your family story. So it also has this emotional side that's, you know, once you divorce kind of the the research side of it all. So can you talk a little bit more about Sarah Miller? It sounds like she was kind of a key piece of the puzzle that shows this indisputable link to Sharswood. I started this journey simply, it was never about Sharswood. It was always about Sarah, because I believe Sarah is the person or the reason for me being here? What did Sarah have to endure for me to be here? How tough did Sarah have to be post-slavery? Being a young girl, I know for a fact my great-great-grandfather, he's listed in the census records as being mulatto. I know that Sarah probably didn't, I, I mean, I don't know, but I can almost guess that she didn't consent to having a mulatto child for whatever reason, you know, that was kind of uncommon if someone did. So my, my journey has always been about finding Sarah. Who is she? Who is she? Um, what did she go through? Where was she from? I, I've seen pictures of her. I know how she looks. I simply wanted to connect to her, but then I wanted to know who her parents were because they were the actual slaves. And Sarah was a mother of seven. Even after slavery was over, she was born around 1869, somewhere in that time frame. They stayed on that plantation. We have the recorded proof from a document at the University of North Carolina where my third great grandfather signed that he would now stay on that plantation and work for Chaz Miller even after slavery was over. So Sarah didn't have you know, a a pretty life. But Sarah had to be tough because her family, the Millers, are such a tough clan of people. It is unreal. I think that's a testament to who she was and, you know, how she was able to basically come through slavery and post-slavery and Jim Crow and everything else and manage to um, survive and bring up this beautiful family that we now know. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I think knowing that you mentioned to me previously that one of your cousins actually remembers Sarah, it, I think, kind of brings it back down to this is a real family story when you get away from kind of the, the research history, you know, perspective. Can you describe just one more time Sarah's connection? So the research discovered proof that David and Violet were mm-hmm. enslaved on Charleswood, and then there were records that they had children, including Samuel and then Sarah. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, got it. And then she is your great great great, great grandmother. Okay, no, she's got it. second. She's great second. great. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You know, Sonia, how does it feel for you now to be at Charleswood, kind of knowing? your ancestors walked those same grounds as enslaved people. When I walked through the house, you know, just coming up to the house, even before Fred purchased it, if my grandfather said that was the Miller plantation, I believed it. And I just felt their presence there. Um, After Fred purchased, Karen invited me. I went in, I walked through every inch of that house. I was touching things. I was trying to feel their presence. At the same time, I was sad because I'm like, oh, what did they go through? Oh, wow. They lived here against their will. You know, it's it's like a double-edged sword. But at the same time, I touched furniture. I touched the walls. I went down in the basement. I wanted to kind of walk through and be everywhere that I expected or suspected they had been. I walked in the backyard. I still do it. I look over the grounds of the plantation and it's as if you can see them, even though you can't, because, you know, you can feel their presence. It's a proud moment, but at the same time, it's a kind of a sad moment, but an amazing experience because the way we look at it, you know, we don't look at all the pain of that past. We look at, hey, we're reclaiming our past by simply being a part of our history, you know, embracing it, so to speak. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that your cousin, Fred, who bought the house, didn't necessarily (laughs) have that in mind that it would be, you know, reclaiming your past. And it sounds like you and some of your cousins did kind of know the connection, but he kind of bought it as, you know, a house for family reunions and a place, you know, back home to get together. So can you talk a little bit more what, will kind of become of Sharswood for Fred and for your family. Fred is very low key. He's very laid back. We are trying to get him excited about all the buzz around what's happening. And I can tell you as of like day before yesterday, he's still not excited. He sticks to his story. I purchased the home to have a place for my entire family to have gatherings. Um, We have family reunions every single year. I've gone to them since I was a child, and I I can't remember as far back, maybe eight. And that's what we're known for, these big family reunions every second week in August. He's basically trying to take over, carry the torch for the next generation. And this spot was so perfect because it's not even a mile from his mother. So it's so easy for us to, um, you know, come back to this area. And that location is so central. It's so much a part of our history that it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And one of the things that came out on another call that I didn't even realize, there were several bids and we don't know why the owner picked him. And he thinks it's because his last name was Miller, (laughs) but he'd never asked. But we also know that we've looked for 
other descendants, meaning Miller descendants that are Caucasian, and we are unable to find them. So the irony, and this is what the Washington Post writer talked about, the irony of you all being able to acquire that property and you're the African-American descendants. So I guess, I hope I answered your question. I'm not sure. Yes. No, you did. And <laughs> yeah. so you ha- you did have your first family reunion at Sharswood this summer, correct? This August, we sure did. Okay. And do you plan to do that next year too? Absolutely. They, they start planning it right after um, the, the first one ends. They'll start planning for the following year, for the next year. Yeah. yeah how yeah. many people, how many family members typically come to these? Um, Fred said we had about 200 this year and that's wow. probably typical. Yeah, that's probably typical. That is impressive. Can you talk a little bit more about your own journey to find out more about your ancestors and your lineage. It sounds like this all started, you know, well before this recent publicity and even the purchase. Could you just kind of take us on that journey? It definitely started long before um, the purchase of Sharswood. Uh, my journey probably started around 2011. It was, it's a long time. I've been to uh, Salt Lake City. They have all the genealogy records in the, in the world, not just the United States. The recent purchase of Sharswood is an amazing discovery. It simply connects me to an actual plantation, but that's not where it started for me. Um, at the urging of my mom at a very young age, she showed me National Geographic magazines of the con you know of countries in Africa and that's where you know my interest she she loved black history so as a result so did I I attended a HBCU which is a historically black college after finding out my third great grandfather and grandmother were slaves I wanted to know where they came from so you know what part of Africa so I um, um, had my DNA tested with two companies So as a result of that, you know, after my mother passed in 2017, we always talked about we were going to go to Africa. And I said, you know what? She's not here, but I'm still going to go just because my DNA showed that, you know, my majority percentage was from Ghana, West Africa. That's where I traveled to. I found out, you know, what tribe I was affiliated with. So my goal was to go there. (laughs) You know, it was to. Uh, have my tribe adopt me. And I made all these plans and I was, you know, I got there and that's what I was going to do. But I fell in love with the country. And there were so many other um, more important causes that I got involved in while I was there that I forgot all about. I traveled to Elmina, which is on the coast of Ghana, to the slave castles. I, I, I don't know. I can't describe what that experience was like. The thing about it for me was I, I was in the slave castles I wanted to experience what, believe it or not, what my ancestors experienced. And I I touched the wall as I thought they may have done when they were leaving because they knew that that was the last time. It was called the door of no return. So I figured they knew that was it. You know, I had that experience and that was amazing. And then two years later, after Fred purchased Sharswood, I visited Sharswood and I said, well, I got to touch the wall where they left. And now I get to touch the wall of the slave cabin where they arrived. So it's truly a unique experience, I believe, for an African-American. And that's pretty much, you know, my journey. Wow, that truly gave me goosebumps. Uh, The door of no return. I was not aware of that. 
Well, thank you, Sonia, so much for sharing such a personal story with your GKG family. I implore everyone to read this article in the post as well. And you can uh, see some some pictures of Charleswood, a picture of Sarah Miller, which I think is pretty incredible, especially if you listen to this podcast beforehand. And you know, this is Sonia's family member. Really, really appreciate this experience that I've had with you, Sonia. And I think our listeners will appreciate it as well. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you next time on GKG On Air.